A word before we get started with today's episode of NTM Talk. While it may go without saying, it's important to remember that all views expressed in this podcast are the opinions based on the experiences of the participants and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have questions related to your own health, please contact your provider. Hello, and welcome to another episode of NTM Talk, where we have in-depth discussions on non-tuberculous mycobacterial lung disease and bronchiectasis. I'm Dr. Colin Swenson. And this is Dr. Wendy Drummond. And today we're going to take a deeper dive into the prickly rabbit hole of device cleaning. Some of you responded with questions and comments after our last episode, episode three, in which I interviewed a respiratory therapist, Muse Hilaire, who referenced a study on airway clearance devices that showed no pathogen colonization after use. This generated some lively discussion, and so Wendy and I thought the subject warranted further exploration. Wendy, are you ready? Yep. I know that National Jewish gives patients a handout after airway clearance training. Um, And since you work there, I wondered if you would give a summary. Sure, I'd be more than happy to. So, you know, it was pretty standard practice that every single one of our patients who, who came through our unit or even through our clinic had a personal meeting with the respiratory therapist. And I think um, this is, unfortunately, it's not something that BPOC can do at every single institution or even in every clinical area. But that doesn't mean that there isn't information out there to help support our audience and our patients. There's um, brochures and pamphlets available online, and and they, end, they can even go to the National Jewish website to access at least some of our materials called MedFacts. And they actually did teaching on not only use, but cleaning and care of the devices at the same time that they're using these these MedFacts that they would provide to our patients. So I think that can be really valuable. And so most of our patients, as you know, are going to be on some type of, or I wouldn't say going to be on, but are utilizing some type of flutter valve. And a lot of times when I'm meeting a patient for the first time, I ask them to describe it to me because, you know, that there's devices out there like an acapella, which looks more like a cucumber versus something like an aerobica, which, you know, is this sort of white handheld device. See, Wendy, I always refer to the acapella as a grenade, not a cucumber, but um, but a cucumber works too. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I don't, I'm trying to think if I've even seen one. It's something more that I rely on my, my patients to describe to me, but it's really trying, the importance is trying to determine if they actually are using a flutter valve. So, um, so it's usually one of those two things. And there's not only the use, which, you know, we typically recommend at the very basic an approach of using it 20 minutes twice a day. But there's also the daily cleaning. And, and unfortunately, as you know, a lot of people feel overwhelmed, not just by the fact that they need to do airway clearance or perform airway clearance twice a day, but that there's, there's cleaning of either their devices or even their nebulizer. Yeah, that's right. There's there's both the nebulizer and there's the airway clearance device. And so for the purposes of our discussion, it's going to be important to separate out those two because the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation um, that made most of these recommendations, um, infection uh, prevention and control recommendations when it comes to airway clearance devices, most of their recommendations revolve around 
nebulizer equipment, not necessarily the um, oscillating positive uh, and expiratory pressure devices that you're talking about, like the aerobica or acapella device. Right. And so it's just important to highlight that there are going to be some different procedures, but that it's still really important to maintain good hygiene of these devices. So for example, with something like the aerobica, we basically tell people, we want you to wash your device with something like warm soap and water at the end of each day. So we're not even necessarily asking them to clean it after every device use. Hmm, hmm. They need to take apart the device and they're going to they're going to leave the manometer off that pressure gauge because they're now not this is the this is the aerobica you're talking about which actually I'm comes about the apart aerobica. yeah yeah so the acapella is a little less um, can it's difficult to get into the nooks and crannies because it doesn't come apart in the same way as the aerobica right right so they can either wash it with warm uh, warm soap and water at the end of each day. Um, some people like to clean it in the dishwasher. They can secure the parts in a basket. You know, they even have those uh, baskets that some people would use for baby bottles, for example. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different things available on the market if people wanted to put it in a specific type of basket. Um, and wash them on the top rack with just a normal wash cycle. Um, standard dishwasher detergent, and then just to allow the parts to dry thoroughly before reassembling the device. Then, you know, there's also the process of disinfecting the device. Yes, those are those are two different things, and and it's, so it's important that people know that. How how often do you tell people? You tell people to uh, clean the device with soap and water. And by the way, we're talking about sort of the old fashioned get in there, you know, with with hot soapy water, soak the device. Um, for a good 15 minutes, wouldn't you say? That's right. They need to soak all of the disassembled parts for at least 15 minutes. They can agitate things. Yeah, agitate it around to make sure that the water goes in and sort of busts up a lot of um, the crud that, uh, now I'm using very technical terms, that accumulates after uh, each airway clearance uh, routine. But then what you're referring to is is the disinfection process. And so how, how often do you recommend your patients do that? Well, the, the aerobica should be, in dis, should be disinfected at least weekly. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of different methods that people can use. In certain patients, we may ask that they sterilize the device after each use. So keeping in mind that uh, at least a message to our patients to keep in mind out there that, that you'll be told that if, if they think that that's indicated. So you're going to follow the standard cleaning instructions first. Um, and then there are different options. You can do boiling where you, once again, you uh, disassemble the device. You can put them in something like a colander and you can uh, boil the parts and gently boil the parts and gently place them into boiling water for at least five minutes. Mm. And then you remove them and allow them to cool. Once again, you want everything to dry before reassembling. Um, some people choose to disassemble the parts and use the microwave steam cleaning bags. Mm-hmm. And that's that's another option uh, using distilled water. Once again, just being really careful about the heat that can come out when you're taking that out of the bag. Mm-hmm. And you're going to want to carefully remove them and allow those parts to cool and dry once again before uh, reassembling. 
there's also other methods like isopropyl alcohol, like 70% isopropyl alcohol or even hydrogen peroxide. That is the cold sterilization uh, method. I, I think that the heat, what it, I find for my patients anyway, is that the uh, heat sterilization method tends to be a little bit more convenient only because the cold sterilization technique takes an additional step, which is you need to make sure to flush um, the equipment or, or rinse the equipment in sterile water after the 70% isopropyl alcohol or 3% hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, that's right. And I'd, I should also mention that vinegar, by the way, does not work, unfortunately. So we generally recommend 70% isopropyl alcohol or 3% hydrogen peroxide. 3% hydrogen peroxide, by the way, you would submerge for five minutes. The 70% isopropyl alcohol, you would submerge for 30 minutes. And again, afterwards, you would want to flush or rinse with sterile water, and then you would want to air dry. Again, um, this is why uh, heat disinfection is oftentimes a little bit more convenient for patients, just because you can pop uh, it in the microwave for five minutes, or, or as you say, boil the device for five minutes at a rolling point. Yeah, and I think a lot of people really like the microwave steam bag approach, but I think it's just important for people to know that there's a lot of different approaches, especially if they're traveling, mm -hmm. so that, um, you know, they have, there's more than one way to skin that proverbial cat if necessary. Yeah, that's a really good point. So a lot, I have a lot of patients as well who, who are avid travelers, or at least they were pre-COVID, like we all were. And they would oftentimes have that question, gosh, what do I do with all of my airway? How do I keep it clean when I'm on the road? And so microwaves are a great, a great way to do that. Yeah, just giving them some, some flexibility, which I think is important. Because as you know, I think people feel like this is a very onerous process. Not only are they having to do the airway clearance and the time spent doing that, which is so valuable and it's so effective, but it's just this, what they perceive to be an extra layer of, oh, now I have to clean this. So anything that we can do to try, try to ease their way, make it easier, provide them with different options, I think is important. I think we've talked in prior episodes about the psychological impact of having these diseases whether it's just bronchiectasis or whether it's NTM with bronchiectasis, patients understandably get very concerned about potentially infecting themselves with opportunistic bacteria. So I certainly understand why there is a lot of interest in this topic of cleaning, how often to clean, how often to sterilize, and so forth. Do you feel, just personally as an infectious disease doctor, do you recommend to your patients that they sterilize the equipment every day, or do you fall more into the one once per week camp? Um, I don't necessarily recommend that they sterilize it every day. What do you tell your patients? I tell them the same thing. Some of my patients are extremely concerned about the uh, potential for infection. And so I tell them it probably won't hurt to sterilize it every day. But it, it, you know, it should be noted that um, frequent heating at temperatures you know, in the microwave or boiling can degrade the product over time, especially the aerobica, just because it's all plastic. And so, um, and it also, you know, adds another layer of complexity that I think it would be nice to avoid when you're trying to get patients to be more compliant with a regular airway clearance regimen. 
Yeah, and honestly, I don't think that there's necessarily strong evidence out there to suggest that they need to do it more often than that. So that's always always important to keep in mind. Uh, One thing I wanted to ask you is how often do you suggest that your patients uh, exchange their devices for a new device? That is an Excellent question, Wendy. <laughs> a lot of it, a lot of it depends on the patient. So some of my patients. So I should back up. In general, I tell them every every twelve months for an aerobica, if the fluttering is still working, if the flutter device is still working. Some patients who are are very diligent about sterilizing their equipment, it may degrade sooner than that. In which case, I say let's replace it every six months. I'll be perfectly honest that um, I do prefer the aerobica over the acapella only because the aerobica is easier to clean. It's much easier to take it apart and and do the sterilization process. So I can't really speak to the acapella because it's not something that I typically prescribe. Well, and I, and it's just a device that I'm more familiar with as well, just just based on what I've been exposed to. But you know that that's really uh, been our standard recommendation as well as every six to twelve months depending on all of those factors that that you talked about. I do have some patients who have two devices mm-hmm. because they like to have one that's clean and then one that's clean and drying or one that's being, you know, uh, disinfected and drying. So uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yes. I also uh, do the same thing with some patients who prefer uh, to have two devices. So they, they swap them out or one for travel and one for home use if they travel very frequently. Yeah. It's just another way to, to help them save time. I am going to call out one of my favorite studies on the subject of airway clearance device cleaning. Um, in fact, it's one of the few studies that looked at airway clearance uh, device rather than just the nebulizer uh, and the nebulizer cups. And I'll post the paper to our website so that listeners can read it if they're interested. Now, it is a CF study, so not specifically NTM or non-CF bronchiectasis, but the researchers looked at 23 patients with 30 airway clearance devices and that spanned the aerobica, the acapella, uh, the flutter valve, and a lot of other devices. And all of these devices were cultured after use. So there were 23 patients, and they had 30 airway clearance devices amongst them. Prior to cleaning, almost all of the devices were contaminated when they swabbed them. That sounds really bad, but uh, they were only able to isolate pathogenic bacteria in five of the devices only. And furthermore, of the five that had the pathogens, none of the patients who used the infected devices had the same pathogens in their own sputum. Another part of the study showed that vigorous cleaning only resulted in complete eradication in 50% of the devices. So despite our our best efforts in in trying to clean and sterilize and rinse and dry our um, devices, there's still the possibility that the the device could, uh, could be colonized. Well, that's true. And, you know, just putting on my infectious disease specialist hat right now, we get these questions all the time, even in patients who, you know, go to surgery, the surgeons are using very good sterile technique, yet people can still develop postoperative infections. I mean, Mm -hmm. the reality is, is we do not live in a bubble. We, we do, do not, not live we in live, a sterile we, world. <laughs> we, 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 we live on this planet. We live on this planet called Earth, and it is dirty. It is. And so um, it's just like you said, despite the best efforts, you know, we can't 
necessarily eradicate the presence of every pathogen, but nor do we need to actually. So it's it's really focusing on more of those that can be pathogenic when they insert themselves into what's normally a sterile space. And that's simply not the case with the vast majority of things that people are going to encounter on a daily basis. So that's right. That's right. So a lot, just because the devices had bacteria or grew bacteria after use, most of the bacteria were in fact just environmental colonizers and were not pathogens that capable of causing disease. The study, the study that Muse, the respiratory therapist referred to, by the way, was by uh, Mutagi and colleagues. And I'm going to post that to our website as well. That study, interestingly, did not find any significant contamination of the devices after use. It should be noted, however, that other studies have demonstrated device infection in cases of cystic fibrosis. And the mechanism of infection uh, for those devices is actually the mouthpiece. So uh, some of the guidelines do recommend, for instance, taking off the mouthpiece, swabbing them in alcohol, and, and letting them dry. And I think, once again, it's really just a testament to if they're doing standard cleaning of their devices twice a day, and if they're disinfecting weekly, it's really going to decrease that burden and keep them safe. It sure is. And I think that what Muse, the respiratory therapist, was trying to convey was that airway clearance can already be time-consuming and cumbersome, uh, particularly for patients who work and have families to take care of. I think you pointed this out, Wendy. And in the end, it's more important to actually make time for the airway clearance regimen than to get overwhelmed with the cleaning details, uh, because this is why patients stop being compliant over time. Yes, I think we try to do everything that we can. And, and this is what the respiratory therapists are also uh, uh, so good at is how do we try to make this the most efficient process possible? And some of those efficiencies are the, you know, attaching the aerobica device to the nebulator nebulizer so that they can nebulize their hypertonic at the same time, hypotonic ceiling, excuse me, at the same time that they're using their Aerobica, for example. So anything that we can do to try to just shorten the time is, I think, valuable to people. I think it is too. I, I really do. Um, realizing that some patients are going to have a lot of time to do this and some patients, unfortunately, will not. And daily compliance is what we're striving here uh, to get those airways as clean as possible. That's right. And I, you know, I have patients who are still working. And so, uh, you know, I get a lot of tips from my patients of things that they do to try to make sure that, you know, they're using their aerobica enough during the day. And some patients will just take them in their cars and use them in a 20 minute commute. I I have those patients too. I, I've often, you know, sort of chastised them because it can be dangerous in Atlanta traffic, but um, but at least kudos to them. They're getting it in. Where there's a will, there's a way. Be safe out there. Be safe. Well, we will post the studies mentioned today's talk to our website for your review and also the guidelines that we use for equipment cleaning and sterilization. Thank you for listening today, and we look forward to your questions and comments on our site. Until next time, stay well, everyone.